Life is hard, y'all. The unspoken constant between death and taxes is that sometimes life is hard. We all know it and we experience it in different ways with different intensities at different points in our lives. And Paul knew this truth better than most. His life was fraught with struggle. This list is not exhaustive, but the book of Acts tells us that Paul was once struck blind, once stoned, three times shipwrecked, three times beaten with rods, five times flogged with 40 lashes minus one, often arrested and regularly hungry and homeless. As he wrote these famous words of encouragement that we heard in his letter to the Philippians, Paul is most likely in custody in Rome, awaiting his chance to be heard by Caesar. How he got to Rome is its own story of calamity and hardship. It started in Jerusalem when a near riot broke out in the temple. The authorities conspired together to blame Paul for inciting the riot and he was arrested. Paul underwent a series of hearings before various judges and authorities who didn't mind slapping him around a little bit, but didn't really know what to do with this former Pharisee who was born a Roman citizen and had appealed his case all the way to the emperor. Eventually, Paul ended up standing in front of King Agrippa in Caesarea, who after two years of being jostled around from jail to jail, put Paul on a ship on his way to Rome to be heard by the emperor. And here's where things get interesting. The winds weren't particularly favorable for the trip, so when Paul finally arrived at the southern coast of Turkey and was put on an Egyptian grain ship on its way to Rome, it was already fall in the Mediterranean, and the sea was really too dangerous to travel. But danger never got in the way of making a dollar or a denarius, and so the ship continued its precarious journey until a strong nor'easter blew up. The first day, they tied ropes around the ship to make sure that it would hold together. The second day, they threw all of their cargo overboard. On day 14, when they were 475 miles off course, the crew decided that they would kill all the prisoners and jump ship. It was Paul's status as a Roman citizen that saved them. Using broken boards from the ship, Paul and the other prisoners barely made it safely to a nearby island. On that island, they were welcomed, the shipwreck survivors, by the indigenous people who lived there, who built them a fire to help them dry off. Paul was always ready to help. He wanted to work for the sake of the gospel. And so he started to throw wood onto the fire when a viper jumped out of a hollow log because of the heat and affixed itself to his hand. Everybody stared at Paul, wondering if either his hand would blow up or he would drop over dead. Neither happened, and so they treated him as a god. For the next three months, 275 shipwreck survivors lived on that island while Paul healed the sick of all kinds. 
And finally, when spring rolled around, Paul and his companions made it to Rome, where he lived for another two years, waiting for his time with Caesar. Most scholars agree that it was during these two years in Rome, while under home confinement, that Paul wrote most of his letter to the Philippians, including chapter 4 that we hear today. So to say that he knew life was hard when he wrote these words of comfort is a significant understatement. Paul had survived being ostracized from his social circles, being mistrusted by the early Christian community, being called a heretic by Christian and Jew alike, and any number of life-threatening injuries. And yet he still wrote to the church in Philippi that was undergoing its own struggles. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. These words aren't the sort of pablum that people say when things are tough and they don't know what else to say. These are words of comfort that are based in deep empathy that comes from hard-won life experience. And unlike much of what Paul wrote to the various churches, these words can easily be brought forward 2,000 years to speak to us today. Because life in 2023 is hard. The Holy Land is once again experiencing unimaginable violence. Innocent men, women, children, babies, the elderly, and even pets have been slaughtered. Thanks to the advent of social media, we can see graphic images of the dead, whether we want to or not. Many of us have unwittingly seen things that we didn't even know to hope we couldn't. American politics remains bitterly divided. The poor, the marginalized, and those living under the constant threat of violence are used as pawns by the rich and powerful to gain more power and more riches. Climate change continues to bring unprecedented weather events and it is so often the poorest who feel the effects most acutely when it comes to drought and flood. Loved ones get sick. Relationships end. Trips get canceled. Disappointments happen. Life is really freaking hard. These words from Paul seem more important than ever. As I figured out what Philippians 4 might mean for me and my own hardships, I came across a helpful list of seven practices to apply Paul's encouragement in our own lives. 
They come from retired New Testament professor at the Seminary of the Southwest, Jane Lancaster Patterson. And I found these to be helpful, and I hope you will too. First, rejoice. Don't just expect joy to arrive on its own, but commit yourself to practices of godly joy every day. Number two, no one is at their best right now, including you. So be gentle to absolutely everyone. Number three, Christ is near. Take moments to experience the reality that you are surrounded by transcendent compassion that is larger and deeper than anything. Number four, don't obsess over your worries, but don't brush them under the carpet either. Share them with God, all the worry and all the gratitude together. Number five, trust that that conversation with God will be a source of peace beyond your capacity to understand. Number six, commit yourself not to simply obsess over all that is going wrong, all the evil and destruction you see in the world, but turn your attention to things that really matter, to where you see action that is worthy of respect, to places where you see justice being done, to goodness and all its forms, and if you need to, write them all down. And number seven, pay attention to the truly remarkable people around you who will show you how to walk this path. Life is hard, but in Christ, we have a support system that can make it easier. As we share our burdens with God in prayer and with each other in relationship, life gets a little less hard. As we intentionally pay attention to the moments of joy that exist all around us, life gets a little less hard. As we engage in works of compassion, loving our neighbors as ourselves, life gets a little less With God's help, journeying together and trying to focus on what is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, and worthy of praise, we will find this hard world and our hard lives flooded with the peace of God. Life may be hard, but God is here. Amen.